the teacher you went and met the teacher you, you, you found him you said hi to them hopefully you like your teacher if you don't it's gonna be okay it's only nine months out of the year and if you don't like them they probably don't like you you know what I'm saying I'm just kidding um, we had a great week this week uh, this past week uh, Pastor Josh and myself and uh, Amy Bishop Amy I mean Amy uh, Garmin and Miss Debbie we went to three schools this week we went to Maxie Elementary each one of the schools stuck out to me. One of the reasons why I liked about Maxie Elementary is it's a school right here in our community. And there was a lady there um, who was in her 60s, I think she told me she was in her 60-something, but she went to school at Maxie Elementary. She went on to middle school and high school, college, and she came back and she taught there. And um, she's going to retire this year at that school. It's called, I think they call them a legacy teacher. So that was pretty cool. And in our first service day, we had some teachers that have been teaching for over 20 plus years. And um, that was just such a cool thing. Without teachers, none of us would be here today. I'm so thankful for teachers. So we got to go to Maxie Elementary School. Maxie Elementary School. And then we also got to go to Bridgewater Middle School, um, where the Smiths are at and a few other people, Fonseca. I memorized your last name because it just sounds cool, Fonseca. And uh, Miss, I'm going to call you Miss Fonseca. It's Carrie, right? Carrie. Um, Carrie goes there, and they're friends of the Smiths. And a bunch of you guys went to um, Bridgewater um, Middle School. And I, I realized whatever age group you teach, you have to act like them a little bit. Follow me? Like, I was at Max Elementary, and usually those kids are sweet, and they're kind, and they're nice. And the teacher's like, oh, thank you so much for the donuts. We love you guys. Middle school, they're like... You know, the middle school teachers, they're kind of hyped out. They're up on sugar, too, just like the kids are on sugar. And then high school teachers are a lot like high school students. High school students, when they walk into school like this, they're just kind of like, how can we make this day go by fast? And uh, we delivered over, we, we brought donuts to over 500 teachers this week. And so we're just glad, we're glad to partner with teachers. We think teachers, if it wasn't for teachers, we wouldn't be here. We love, love, love teachers. And it was up to us. We'd give you a raise, but we're not, we don't make those decisions. But teachers are awesome. Can we give a hand to all of our teachers today for all the work they're doing? I'll introduce you to our teachers in a little bit, or I'll introduce you to some of them. But hey, I want to um, tell you guys about one of my most traumatic meet-the-teacher experiences I've ever had. The most traumatic meet-the-teacher experience also I've ever had. And, oh, also Gracie's here too. We brought, we brought donuts to Gracie's school too, and she got up there and told them what church she went to, and, and that was um, a Coe Elementary. Is that right? And uh, anyways, there's a bunch of you represented, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna introduce you guys in just a moment. I want to tell you about the most memorable Meet the Teacher experience I've ever had. I'll never forget it. I wish I could say it was when I was in school, um, but I don't remember any of the element, and I don't remember any of my Meet the Teacher experiences in school. I think because I have such a traumatic experience four years ago that I can't even think beyond, I can't even think past that. And, and here's, here's how it went down. August 25th, my kids, they, we, we have a 10-year-old, I have an 11-year-old daughter. Her birthday was on Friday. I have a son who is seven, John Wesley Beecham III, he goes by Trip, which is short for triple. And I have twins, Judah and Selah. You guys know about them, um, and I've told you guys about them. One of them is demon-possessed, and one of them is not. So if your daughter or son comes out of the preschool area with a little twitch or anything, it's because she's cast some of the demons out of her and into some of the other kids. And, but 
I think they'll grow out of it. Well, I think they'll grow out of it. I'm praying for her. She's gotten a little bit better, not a lot better, but she's gotten a little bit better. And so, but three, uh, so, so four years ago, I had to go to, my, my, we went to the hospital and my wife said to the doctor, doc, I really wanna have this baby, these babies today. Ladies in here today, just nod your head. If you've ever had to carry a baby in July or August, you just want the baby out. It's just too hot. Like God should not allow women to get pregnant nine months prior to August and July. Um, is you, cause that's just, it's just, it's hot. I mean, that's, I'm hot and I'm not pregnant. So I just can imagine how hot it is in July and August carrying around a baby, much less two. And everyone looking at you like, oh my goodness, are you due? Like that whole experience. And so again, that's traumatic on, on dads too, that whole, that whole thing. And so, cause the wife comes home and is like, oh, somebody call me fat and we gotta be there. And we're like, you, you kind of are. I mean, your belly is out to there. I mean, they're, they're not lying, you know, like they're being honest, like hormones are, anyways. So we have to be there to kind of help them. So my wife says to me, we, we, doctor says, you got it. So we go to the hospital, we, 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 they cut her open, they take the two babies out. It was like that quick. It, didn't, it wasn't painful. She was on an epidural. It wasn't that big of a deal. I'm just kidding, ladies. <laughs> I'm just kidding, ladies. If you don't know me, you know now I'm joking. You're like, all the ladies are like, we're out of this church. I know that's right. Let's go, you know. I'm kidding. I know it's painful. It looks painful. I'm, 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 I'm going to just, it looks painful. I know it's painful. So we have the baby. We have the babies, and then Tuesday happens. My friends show up, like, hey, let's take you out and get a pizza. They take me out. We get a pizza Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday, we're going home. White Diana says to me, hey, babe, you're going to have to go meet the teacher with the kids. I said, babe, I got this all day long. I mean, I've had twins for four days. I can go do meet the teacher by myself. It's not that big of a deal. So she goes, you're going to go to meet the teacher. I said, good. Diana's super organized. So let me qualify that. Diana was super organized, super detailed prior to the twins. After the twins, it's like all hell broke loose. Like we don't really know where everything's at. The other day someone's like, you're missing a kid. I'm like, three out of four is not bad. Like we're doing, we're doing pretty good. And so, so she says to me, there's this big, this right here is for, the, is for a trip and this is for hope. I said, I got this, no big deal. You know what story I'm gonna tell Britt? So I get the things and I get there, like I'm like, I'm showered, I've got the kids there. I'm kind of thankful that I'm away from Diane and the kids. Her mom is coming over to help her with the, with the babies and I'm, I'm doing my thing and I'm dad life in it. I'm, I'm, I'm doing well, you know, and so I get my stuff and I go there, I'm smiling at everybody, I'm doing pretty good and I start to realize that I'm not at home anymore. The twins aren't here. I left Diane at home at twins and I'm doing meet the teacher moms all by myself which is just a traumatic experience for a guy if you've never done it before by yourself. So I'm there and I'm like, I got moms, I know you guys can do it. It's not hard for you guys. But dad, it's a little bit different. Like, cause you walk into the classroom, there's all these moms that are like trying to make sure their kid gets a good seat. You know, and you're kind of a dad that's like, I'm just happy to be here. Just trying to make things work, you know, be happy. And they're telling you, and it's, it's, like, it's like being on a football field when you walk in there. And they're like, blue 42, blue 42. And moms are saying, put the paper over there, put the pencil over there, put the glue stick there, put it And you're like, oh my goodness, what did I walk into? And the moms that have done it a long time, it's no big deal. They're like throwing paper behind them. This, oh, I almost fell. The scissors are over here. I mean, everyone's doing their thing. Like, is there a banana peel up here? Like, everyone's doing their thing. And I'm like, I don't know that I can do this. And it starts to hit me. Like, I've never done this before. And I see Miss Hall walk in. Now, Miss Hall went to church with Diana. I, I, I pastored her daughter. Her daughter was our kid. And I see Miss Hall. And as soon as I see Miss Hall, for some reason, it reminded me of my mother, Miss Hall did and I lose it. I start crying like a little baby. Not as bad as I cried three weeks ago on this stage. I've gotten, it wasn't that kind of cry, but I was like, and I automatically bit my bottom lip. I'm like, you, you're not gonna cry. You man up, you know, like you tighten up, 
you can do this. And I was like, I got this. So I'm like, she, she sees me. I'm thinking, she's going to come and give me this big hug. She's like the, the best second grade teacher in the world. And she looks at me. I look at her. I cry. She turns around. She totally leaves me hanging. I'm like, dang, Tracy, you do your boy like that? So I'm like, it's okay. I got this. So I just, I said, Tracy, I got to go. Here's all this stuff. So I'm like, it's not that big. I got hope there. I said, hope, let's go take trip his stuff. What gets worse? I, walk, I turn around, and I, across the hallway, I can look, and I see my sister, and she looked at me like, I, I don't know if you can imagine my dark skin getting light, but I was pale. And she's like, are you okay? And I like took two steps in the door, and I lose it again. And she's like, suck it up, big boy, you know? And I'm crying again. And I, I could, I, it, was just, it, was so, it was so traumatic for me. And it was a meet the teacher that I will never, ever, ever forget for the rest of my life. I will never, ever. We went this path. Every, every year I went home and I told Diane, I said, hey, I cried. And she's like, you did what? I said, I cried at meet the teacher. She's like, why did you do that? I said, I don't know. I don't know why I cried. You know, and I'm trying to talk and breathe and, you know, trying to. And I cry. I literally cry every two years. And, and that, was, that was it. And I was like, I couldn't. I will never, ever, ever forget that meet the teacher experience. Well, I want to read a story today in the Bible of a very, very similar story of a meet the teacher experience that a young man has. He's going to school. He's going to meet the teacher. And our church, our big deal is this. Our Jesus is our message. Jesus is our message. That's, that's the message that we teach every single week. And in the scriptures, Jesus gets called teacher a lot. Now, the one thing you got to know about Jesus is that everywhere he went, there was a crowd. And the reason why there was a crowd, because Jesus was going around and helping people. And if you help people, there will be a crowd of people around you as well. So they are people that he, they, they could not talk. He was touching their mouth and they would begin to talk. There are people who couldn't hear and he would touch their ear and they would begin to, begin to hear. There's people that couldn't see, he would touch their eyes. He would say, well, you, can be, you can see. Or people that couldn't walk, he would speak existence into their legs and they began to walk and talk. So everywhere he went, there was a crowd. And there was a guy who gets privy enough experience to catch Jesus all by himself. He, he, gets, he gets one-on-one FaceTime with Jesus. Huge, huge deal. This is, this is abnormal in, in culture. This is abnormal in this, in, in this time because everywhere Jesus went, there was a big crowd. And this guy has an opportunity to meet the teacher. And I want to walk you into that story for just a few moments. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 16, the Bible says this, that someone came to Jesus with this question. Now, in my Bible, on the top of this passage of Scripture, it says the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler, or the rich, the rich man, okay? And here's what he says, teacher. <clears throat> he gets to meet the teacher. He, he gets one-on-one FaceTime with the greatest teacher of all time, the kindest teacher of all time, the most gracious teacher of all kind. Like the kind of, if you can get all the teachers together and add up the way that they feel on the first day of school, like he gets that experience. That's how great this teacher is. And they say, teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Now, the Bible says in Scripture, if you, if you read along, the Bible says that Jesus put eternity in our heart and our minds. The question that you guys will all ask yourself at some point in your life is, what's going to happen when I die? This guy has asked himself that question over and over again. What happens when I die? Because the older that you get or the, the longer you're alive, you realize that death is, death is a reality. Death is a reality. A, a young man walked out of here today, young man. He was 48 years old. He said, I, I said, man, I'm so glad you're here today. He teaches at Maxi Elementary. He said, you know what? I said, where are you from? I'm from New York. I, I could tell he was from somewhere. He's like, I'm from New York. And I said, that's cool. I said, why'd you leave New York? He goes, if I would have stayed in New York, I would have been in prison or I would have been dead. 
I said, how do you know? He goes, because all my friends from New York are in prison or they're dead. He said, I had to get out of there. When you start seeing life, you start asking yourself the question, what happens when I die? This guy's been asking himself that question. What's going to happen when I die? Because there's got to be, there's something after, there's something after this thing we call, we call death. So he says, what, what can I do to get into, to get eternal life? Like, how can I live forever? Like, what can I do when I die? What can I do to ensure I'm going to make it into, into heaven? And Jesus answers a question with a question. The Bible says this, why ask me about what is good? Why ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Jesus says to him this, why do you, why do you ask me what is good? King James Version says, why do you call me good? Why are you saying that I'm, why are you saying that I am, that I am good? And, and Jesus answers the question because there's only one good and his name is Jesus. How do you know who I am? How do you know that I'm, how do you know that I'm Jesus? And I think he's like, well, no one else would be following you unless you were Jesus. You, this is, a, I mean, everyone's heard about you. I've heard the stories about you. People have told me about you. I've read the articles about you, about what you're doing, the healings, the miracles. You've got to be Jesus. Well, how can I have eternal life? Because you've told some of my friends how they can have eternal life, and I want eternal life also. And Jesus says this, if you want eternal life, keep the commandments. So he says, which ones? Now, I like this guy because this guy's saying, hey, I'm a pretty good guy. Like, I'm a pretty good guy. I had lunch with a friend of mine this week, and he said, I got a friend of mine who believes he's going to heaven because he's lived a pretty good life. He's done enough good things. Now, this guy is tracking with that. He's like, I've done a lot of good things. I'm a, I'm a good guy. I, I'm a, I've, done a lot of, I've done a lot of good things. I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. And he says, okay, which ones must I do to make sure that I make it in? And he says, you must not murder. Check, I got it. I've never killed anybody. You must not commit adultery. Awesome. I don't know if he's married or not, but we don't see anything about a wife here. We don't see this guy's story a lot, but he's rich and he's young, the Bible tells us. And he says, I, um, I haven't committed adultery. Don't steal. You must not testify falsely. You gotta be an honest person. You gotta honor your father, your father and your mother. I think he might have been, on, I think he might have honored his mother and father because um, it says that he says, I'm good with that. He goes, and love your neighbor as yourself. And here's what he says. I've done all those things. I'm, I'm, dude, I am crushing it. Like, I am a, such a good person. I have done so many good things. I'm guaranteed a spot in heaven. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and she's Mormon. It was, anybody ever have a conversation with a Mormon before? Very enlightening for me. Because until you have a conversation with someone who believes that with that, with that, um, with that belief system, then right now all you have is speculations and what you see and what you hear. I had a long conversation with her, about 30 minutes long. It was incredible. I coached her, coach her son on my basketball team. We had this full-on conversation. I said, you know, we, we were talking a lot about, about faith and really a lot about Jesus and what he believes. And, and she, she was telling me about some things that she believed. And this guy goes, I've, I've done a pretty good job. And she was telling me, I want to live a good life. I want to do a lot of good things. And I said, you know, we, we really teach people at our church that the only way to get to heaven is Jesus. Like, you've got to go through the cross to get to heaven. Like, that, that's it. And, and she's like, well, we, you know, we have the Bible, but we also have this other book. And we just had this full-on conversation about what she believes and what I believe, what the Bible teaches. So he, this guy said, I've done, a pretty, I've done a pretty good job, the young man said. He goes, but what else must I do? Like, that, it sounds too easy. 
Like I'm doing such a good job. There's got to be more to it than just not killing, not stealing. These are easy. Like there's 10 commandments. You've only listed off five of them and you really list off the five easy ones. I've got this. I'm doing a pretty, I'm, I'm a pretty good person. And if you're here today, you might be thinking the same thing. I'm a pretty good, I'm a pretty good person. And he says, what else must I do? And then Jesus says to him this. I love this phrase. There's so many different things that we could teach today, but we don't have time for it. Verse 21, the Bible says this. Jesus told the man, well, if you want to be perfect, and I think that sometimes we think that we can attain perfection while we're here on this earth. And if we're good enough, we can make it into heaven. And if we're perfect enough, then we can make it into heaven. And, and, and here's what he says. He goes, I'm, I've, been, I've done good. And Jesus says, and if you want to be perfect, here's what you got to do. Because it sounds like that's what you think that you are. You think you're better than everybody else. You think you're incredible. You think you're invincible. You think you've never, ever missed it. And Jesus says to him this, Go sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. He goes, and then once you're done with that, then come and follow me. And it's one of the saddest verses in the Bible is in Matthew chapter 19, verse 22. The Bible says this, but when the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had lots of stuff. He was so close to Jesus and he missed it. I don't know about you in here today, but wouldn't it be a tragedy to get that close to Jesus, to ask the million-dollar question, what happens when I die, to get the answer, but not like the answer, and go a different way? And if you're honest in here, say we're a lot like the, the rich young ruler. Oh, we, we know what we're supposed to go and do. We know we're called to go out and be on mission. We know we're called to go out and, and work on the things that God's called to work on. We know that we're supposed to, we're supposed to help people, and we're supposed to love people, and we're supposed to encourage people. We know we're supposed to go out and do those things, but a lot of times we don't go out and do those things. Like, it's easy to tell you here today what we're supposed to go out and do, but it's another thing for us to go out there and do those things. You could, I, it's easy to say, man, we're called to read the Bible and we gotta know God's word. It's easy to know God's word, but it's a lot harder to go out there and live out God's word. You track with me today? This guy got the question that he, they answered the question that he needed to ask. He got an answer and he didn't like the answer. I'll tell you this today, I believe this. This guy will never, ever forget his experience with Jesus. I don't know what happens to the guy the next day, or the next day after that, but the Bible says he walked away and he missed Jesus by that much. He missed Jesus by that much. And so I wanna to talk to you, I wanna give you three things that I think that can help you today. Um, there's a lot of good things in the, in the verses after I was talking to Ryan, I said, did I miss anything? He's like, you missed a bunch of slides. I love what happens next, but for sake of time, I'm, you're gonna have to go and read on your own, okay? Can you guys do that? Just like, I'll go read on my own. Just like, you can lie to me if you want. Yeah, I got that. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had lots of, lots of possessions. I, 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 love the, I love the school year. I love meet the teacher. And there's three things I, I think that we need to get today when you're gonna meet the teacher. And I want you to think today, when we use the word teacher, I want that to be synonymous with Jesus. The Bible says, hey, teacher, what must I do to have eternal life? What must I do? I met the teacher. What must I do to have a life after I die? And Jesus gives us three things. Here's the, here they are. Number one, new teacher means new grades. New teacher, that means new Great. I don't know about you guys in here today, but I am thankful that I get to start the school year with brand new grades. How many of you guys in here today, you didn't do good in school? Like that was not your thing. School was not your expertise. So you, those of you guys that raised your hand in here today, those of you guys that didn't raise your hands because you're recovering Baptist and you, we're not allowed to raise your hands in church, I get it. But if you were in here today and you said, listen, I needed, I needed new grades, I love this story because this guy says, Jesus, Jesus, we get a new set of grades when we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. When you meet the teacher, you get a new set of grades. I wrote down this in my notes. I think it's important for you today. Jesus made a way for everyone in here today to pass the test. 
Jesus has made a way for every single one of us in here to pass the test. The Bible tells in John chapter 3, verse 16. This verse right here I've memorized in King James Version Bible, and maybe you did too, but for God so loved the world that he gave his only one son, or his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have an ever lasting life. We're going to get to the end of our eternity. We're going to get to eternity one day, right after we die, and Jesus can say, did you know me? Did you know me and follow me, or did you not know me? Did you have a relationship with me, or did you not have a relationship with me? Did you embrace me, or did you not embrace me? That's what he's going to ask us. But here's the good news. If you're following him today, he's the one that's made a way for you to be able to follow him. He says, new teacher, 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 what must I do to pass to the test? How can I pass the test? And Jesus said, follow me. Jesus has made a way for you to have the new grades. You get brand new grades. I was at my, my teacher's, my daughter's class today, and my teacher, the teacher said this. The same teacher that taught Hope, that taught Diana, my, my wife, still teaches at the same school X amount of years later. Now she's teaching my 11-year-old. And she said this. This week you're going to have three quizzes, but they'll be easy. That way you can start the week off with A's. I don't know about you guys in here today, but I'm so thankful that we have a Jesus who gives us an opportunity to pass the test, and he's passed it for us. Jesus made a way when there was no way. Dinah said, we sing that song, he's for us, he's not against us. Because of Jesus, we get to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. New grades, new teacher means new grades. Here's the second thing I'm thankful for. A new teacher means a new conduct chart. I'm thankful for a new conduct chart. My friend Anil walked in today. He went to high school with my brother-in-law, Chris. I hated those guys in high school. They're the kind of guys that needed a new conduct chart. You know what I'm saying? They, they did. I mean, I did too, but they needed a conduct. They needed a new conduct chart. Those guys need a lot more than a new conduct chart. They need all the help. I've been waiting to gang up on you guys. Y'all can't get me while I'm up here. You don't want to, I didn't want to catch those guys on a football field. Those guys were mean. My dad's like, Wes, you can't be crying out there on the football field when Chris runs you over. My dad said, why you let Chris do that to you? I'm like, dad, I can't stop him. Hated that guy. You're like, how did he marry your sister? Here's what happened. This is just a freebie for you today. Their, their school got a baseball team. You don't ever want to let thugs have a baseball team. They let these guys have a baseball team. Baseball bats, Chris. Y'all didn't need baseball bats. These guys were nuts. He gets on first base. He got walked. He didn't hit the ball. He couldn't play baseball. He's like, bro, tell your sister I said hi. And I was like, bro, you don't want to do this. I don't want to either, but I know you don't want to do this. The rest is history. 16 years, right? 16 years. If anybody can be married to my sister for 16 years, you're going to make it into heaven no matter what. I declare that over you. I declare that over you. <clears throat> hey, a new teacher means a new conduct chart. I remember my dad's on the front row. I remember being, I, I needed a new conduct chart. Ms. When I would get in trouble, Ms. Green would call me into her office. Because anybody go to school where they paddled you at? Where they paddled you? Anybody like that paddled? Thank God for paddling. Do you know what I'm saying? I say we need to bring that back. We need to bring it back. That's what everybody needs. A, and some of you adults, you haven't been spanked. I need to bring my grandma here to spank some of you adults. It would get us all, we'd all be better for a paddling. I remember Miss Green would say, Miss Green would say, come into my office, Wes, and I put your hands on my desk. And she would paddle me. And I would try not to laugh. Because I was thinking, what my dad's about to do to me when I get home, this is like a warm-up for me. This is just getting everything warm up. It's like a, it's like a warm-up 400. Like, what's going to happen next is going to be ugly. 
I remember my dad, I knew I was gonna get a spanking at my house. I, I put so much toilet paper in my underwear. My dad caught on, I don't know when, but then he, t- then he said, all right, he quit doing that. And I'm about to show you guys what old school's like. Some of you guys are like, I'm about to describe child abuse. Back then it was child abuse. Back then it wasn't child abuse, it was good parenting. Now it's called child abuse, which I'm for good parenting. My dad would say, put your hand out. Like, he wants to give me a hope high five? <laughs> he said, no, son. And he would take his belt and he would spank and palm my hand. I've already worked through the bitterness issues. I've already released it. <laughs> but they would spank, man. I'm thankful for the spankers now. I didn't like them back then, but I like them now. I, 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 I'm for them. It made me who I am today. And I would think, Miss Green, that was a walk in the park. I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm thankful for a God who doesn't have to make us work for salvation. You don't have to work for a relationship with Jesus Christ. He, he loves you. He loves you today. I wrote down this thing. It's important for you to get this. I'm working off no clock today. I'm back on now. <clears throat> Jesus, doesn't, Jesus doesn't want to change your behavior. He wants to change your heart today. Miss Greenback, man, you got to change your behavior. You got to change your behavior. Here's what I know. You'll never be able to change your behavior unless God changes your heart. If you're here today and say, man, I just want to live a different life. I want to look different. Man, I want to act different. I want to be different. It starts in your heart. It starts in your heart. I love spending time um, with Vicky. Every time I tell Vicky, every time I see Vicky outside of church, she goes, man, this church has helped us so much. I'm so thankful for this church. Every time she says that, I think that's awesome. Just a side note, if you have a, I think gratitude is a missing thing in our, in our society today. If you have gratitude, it'll help your attitude. And if your attitude changes, God can take you to a new altitude. But if you don't have gratitude, you don't appreciate what you got, everything's bad, you don't like anything, then you live that perpetual cycle. We have to have more gratitude. I'm so thankful for that. But I know this today, I'm so thankful that Jesus gives us a new conduct chart. I wrote down this, trying hard is temporary, but trusting Jesus is eternal. Trying hard is temporary, but trusting Jesus is eternal. As much as I wanted to change my behavior when I was in school, I couldn't do it. The spankings couldn't do it. That's what I love about Jesus. Jesus loves you. He's not punishing you and making you go in the right direction. Jesus is not grabbing you by the arms. You're going to go this way like my, my parents would do to me. Like, hey, you're going this way or like any parent does, we're going this way. Jesus says, hey, I love you. There's a path right there. It leads to me. You can have a better life. There's a better future for you. If you just get on that path and you follow me, it's going to be better for you. I'm so thankful that I can get a new conduct. And I'm so thankful that I, I, I'm going to pass the test because of who Jesus is. It's all about Jesus, my friends. And then here's the third thing I think it's important for you to get. Oh, I love this too. Psalms 51, right? Psalms 51 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Now, can I tell you, like, can I give you some context about this verse? David, David has sex with this lady. All of her kids are gone. If not, they should be gone. I'm sorry, I just, let that, I just flew out of my mouth. But <clears throat> had David commits adultery. <laughs> that was kind of funny that it just, it, I couldn't capture it. It was too gone. I'm sorry. <laughs> if, I'm, if, if that's a problem for any of you guys in here today, you can email me at diana at hopeinourgarden.com. And she will sit with your daughter and talk to them or your son. <laughs> it came out. David sees this lady who's not his wife he sleeps with her. He finds out who she is. He finds out that it's his best friend's, 
It's his best friend's wife. He has his best friend come into town and his, tries to get his best friend to sleep with his wife because he gets her pregnant and he, it doesn't work. And so David has his best friend, his right-hand man, he has him murdered. And then David says to Jesus, David says to Jesus in Psalms 51.10, creating me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Here's where it gets total plot twist. And then when we read the Bible now, David's known as the man after God's own heart. That's problematic, isn't it? For all of us in here, because that doesn't make sense to us. How does he get to be the man after God's own heart, but he also was this guy over here? Here's what I want you to know today. This is a freebie today. When you encounter Jesus, you get brand new grades. You get brand new conduct. He washes all the old away and helps you become new. I'm so thankful for a father in heaven who doesn't remind me of my past, but he's given me a new future. And if you're here today, he wants you to meet him today. So you can have new conduct and you can have new grades. And then here's the last thing. <clears throat> a new teacher means a fresh start. It means a, a, new, a fresh start. A new teacher means fresh start. I love this verse, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22, verse 23. You ought to take a picture of it. You ought to memorize this verse because tomorrow when everything falls apart or tomorrow when Satan tries to attack you and tries to trip you up, like this morning I got here at 7 a.m. and my wife calls me, I get here at 7 a.m., and my wife calls me 20 minutes later, hey, I have a flat tire. I was like, change it, you know, hung up. And, no, I'm just kidding. I was like, I'm on the way back. I'll, I'll, I'll go help you. And Satan likes to do those kind of things. When you're trying to pursue God and you're trying to press into God and, you got God's, and, and you're trying to follow God's memory, like, Satan always wants to remind you and always tries to trip you up. Flat tire. Here's what you need to know. Lament, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22, the Bible says this. The faithful love of God, <clears throat> it never, ever ends. The faithful love of God, it never ends for you. If you're here today and you're like, Wes, I've, I've, I've gotten some bad grades, man. I've done some stuff I shouldn't have done. My behavior is ratchet, and I've, I've just got a long way to go. I want you to know today that you can have a fresh start, and here's why. Because the Bible tells us that the faithful love of God, it never, ever ends. When you mess up, he loves you more. When you fail him, he loves you more. When you're unfaithful to him, He's faithful to you. When you push him away, he presses into you because his faithful love, it never, ever ends. No matter how far you are from him today, the Bible says that he won't, there's no too far for him to go out and get you. I love what the scripture says, that his arms aren't too short to reach down and pick up anybody. I'm so thankful for a father who does that. The Bible says that his mercies, they never, ever cease. His mercies never cease. It says that great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every single morning. Tomorrow, Jesus already made the table for you. He's already set the table for you with mercy and grace. It's on the table for every single one of us in here today. I'm so thankful for a father who sets a table like that. I'm so thankful that when we go to Jesus' table, it's not a table of correction. It's a table of love and kindness and goodness. And because of that, we wanna go out and live lives that we're supposed to go out and live. We're supposed to go out and be who God's called us to be. We can rest in those mercies and we can, we can rest in his grace today. And then lastly, I want you to know this. You don't have to pass a test to follow Jesus. No one here has to pass a test to follow Jesus because here's the reality. If you had to pass a test, you wouldn't pass it. You'd be begging for a new school year, <laughs> like me. None of you guys in here could pass the test because the test to get to Jesus is perfection. None of us can make it. So the Bible tells us in John chapter 3, we're saying that he made a way for us. He went ahead and passed the test for you today. I'm so thankful for that today.
he went ahead and said, Wes, you couldn't make it to me, so I'm going to go down the cross for your sins so you can make it to me. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to help you get to me. He did that for you today. You don't have to pass a test because you couldn't. You couldn't test. You couldn't pass the test. None of us would be able to pass it because perfection is, is the test. But Jesus made a way for you and for me, for the whole entire world. The Greek word for the word world is world. I looked it up. It's a world. Jesus died for the world, and you're in the world. You, you, you fit the bill. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have your stuff together. You can come to him just as you are. We used to sing an old hymn in the church called Just As I Am. It's an oldie, but it definitely is a goodie. Some of you guys are not here like, man, that's what I'm talking about. This guy does know some stuff. I grew up, I grew up in the church, hymnals. I got it. I could nail it. Took song leading class in Bible college. I could nail it. Two, two, three, four. You, I, I got it still. I'm so thankful I didn't have to pass a test, though. Jesus loves you the way that you are. He wants to give you a fresh start today. I want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes.